Hey everyone, it's Jacqueline Melanick. Welcome to Chain Reaction, a show that unpacks and dives deep into the latest trends, drama, and news with some of the biggest names in crypto, breaking things down block by block for the crypto curious. Today's episode is an interview with Mo Sheikh, the co-founder and CEO of Aptos. For background beyond Aptos, Mo is a three times founder with over a decade of experience in financial services and blockchain and crypto. He also previously led blockchain strategic partnerships for Novi, Facebook's wallet, and was the director of strategy at Consensus. Mo, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, Jack. I appreciate it. Yeah. So I heard you say in another interview, which I was looking at for prep for this, is that Aptos is a Native American word for the people. And when I Googled it, it said that Aptos means where the water comes together, which is, you know, a similar analogy. So I'll take both. Uh, (laughs) But to start, can you tell our listeners about this blockchain of the people, so to speak, what it is? Why did you and your team create it? Yeah, um, thank you for that. It is a a lonely word that means uh, for the people. And it also has that beautiful meaning that you just highlighted on water coming together. But it does uh, do a good job of personifying what we're trying to do. If you've looked at the space over the last 10 years, and I kind of go back to my Ethereum days very early when I was at Consensus, there was a lot of potential for Web3 and blockchain at the time, before Web3 became even a term, to be able to disrupt platforms and bring value back to people that are creating it and value to those who are actually using the creations. However, that mission was largely unfilled because of the shortcoming of the infrastructure. You know, we're very fortunate, and you talked about my experience at Novi, um, to see how you build platforms for billions of people. And what I learned from my early days of Ethereum is how do you bring this technology to billions of people and the promise? And, and so when we started thinking about what Aptos should do, it should be able to reach billions of people without disruption, no downtime, performance that gives us thousands of transactions per second, and latency that's sub-second. And all these things put together can rival not only other previous generation of blockchains and scaling solutions that we're seeing in market, but they now start to challenge the internet and the way economic value and information moves across the world itself. And so when we were thinking about Aptos, we certainly thought that the people need a new form of sharing information digitally and being able to share that information and economic value digitally in more efficient, more fair ways. And so that's the mission that we're on and excited to continue to push forward. Yeah. And your mission was supported by, you know, a lot of investors. Aptos raised a total of $350 million from two funding rounds last year with major investors like Andreessen Horowitz, Circle Ventures, Jump Crypto, and so on. And the last round was led by FTX Ventures, which of course you're aware, um, and we know no longer really exists. How has FTX's investment, if at all, affected the blockchain? And I mean, hopefully the capital wasn't given in FTT, or was it? Yeah, it's um, so, so <laughs> we've raised a total of uh, 400 million, just to kind of make that point um, clear. And the last round did include FTX. It also included many other folks uh, like Jump and some of our previous investors also participated. And it was a moment for us to think about, you know, where um, the space was. And we had an opportunity to think about how we do take our investment. And um, it was in cash. So we've had, you know, fortunately, no impact or very little impact from the FTX uh, perspective. That's good. But we've also learned, you know, lessons in in terms of how this entire industry should be formed. And so, um, you know, all our investment was received in cash. Um, we had no exposure to FTT, and we also had no assets custodied with uh, with FTX either. So our entire community is, is, is protected. But that protection actually comes from a perspective of how we operate. One of the things that we've seen in this space is a lack of thinking with and operating with 
a certain perspective. And, you know, we took a very serious approach to how we work with all of our investors, whether that's A16Z, Katie Han and Han Ventures, Multicoin and PayPal and Coinbase Ventures to someone like FTX. And we're, we're very fortunate to have taken a very disciplined approach. Yeah. And there were conversations when Aptos launched about 50% of the blockchain's native token went to founders, core contributors, investors, and the Aptos Foundation. Can you tell me a little bit more about the decision behind those tokenomics and whether or not you view that as fair? Because I know there was some backlash when that first came out. And going from that, like, what's your market strategy to get others on board and into this? Yeah. And I appreciate you actually bringing this up that, yeah, I think folks take a look deeply um, and look at all the tokenomics that have been out there, and and that's even including things like Ethereum, we wanted to really push the boundaries of what we thought fair is. And that's a great word to call out. Mm -hmm. And if you look at our tokenomics, we have among the lowest, if not the lowest token allocation for investors. And one can make that case against even protocols like Ethereum, where it's a lot of investors that actually own Ethereum. In fact, it's largely owned by institutional investors today. So we think we've created one of the most fair tokenomics out there in the market. And we welcome dialogue around that point. When it comes to, you know, our community, we actually had a very thoughtful perspective there as well. And we acted with a deep amount of intention. We've worked together with the Aptos Foundation, which is an independent entity, to create an opportunity for the community through things like ecosystem grants and an ecosystem fund, uh, where 51% of tokens, as you as you called out, are available for the community. And that's not us. Um, that are you know, that could be someone like Jacqueline that wants to go out and build a product and get it out in the market and doesn't have to go out and compete for venture capital funds. Instead, you can get a grant to get your project off the ground in a much faster way instead of going out and working on a different skill, venture funding uh, raises. And, and so we thought about all these really important things, going back to just thinking about the people, even putting myself in my old shoes of being a founder, where we think tokens are a very valuable component and tokenomics should be taken incredibly seriously. And so we're going to be sharing more information on that soon in in detail. And so I'll definitely share that with you and your audience as well, Jacqueline. Okay, we are looking forward to that one. And it took Aptos and the team about four years to develop. And of course, you can't time market cycles. Right now, the market isn't very hot. But what is it kind of like for you guys to be launching in a bear market? And how has the team adjusted to operating in those current conditions? Mm. I uh, would tip my hat off to anyone that can time uh, markets. In fact, uh, <laughs> you're absolutely right. It's very difficult to do that. And you know, to be very clear, we did think about what the market would look like when we were launching, but we didn't really think about it in a way as an input to our decision making and when we launch. Our goal, as you mentioned, we've been building this technology for four and a half years at this point now, and we wanted to get it out in the hands of, of others. Our team has dedicated countless hours and and years to making sure this technology is hardened for billions of people. So, you know, whether it was a rosy market or one that was a little bit more difficult, there's not much we can control there. We wanted our technology in the hands of people. And we thought, in fact, a bear market is a perfect opportunity to showcase this is what real technology should look like instead of having to operate in an environment where there tends to be too much froth or noise. It's, it's actually worked quite well for us. People have been paying attention. Builders have been looking for new places to build uh, because of the challenges that they've seen on existing protocols and ecosystems. And we welcome everyone. You know, We don't think about, oh, you're coming from ecosystem X or Y. We understand that you've learned very valuable lessons along your journey. I myself have learned a lot from the Ethereum ecosystem in early days. And so we you know, encourage folks to think about in this bear market to go back to first principles. And we're very proud that Aptos is one of those platforms and and places that you can uh, revisit those first principles. 
Yeah, Mo, I'm glad you brought up people building on Aptos because my next question for you is who are these people and what couldn't they do on other layer ones that brought them to your blockchain and what's the differentiating factors here? So I guess I can start with maybe some of the differentiating factors. What Aptos brings to the market is something really powerful with things like Move, which is a new smart contract programming language. It's very similar to something like Rust. So if you're familiar with Rust, you'll fit right into uh, using Move. But what Move does is it gives you assurances as an engineer, as a developer, that your smart contracts are going to be much safer than they would be if they were written in Solidity or in you know Rust potentially. And we have something called the Move Prover, a formal verification engine that if, you know, Jacqueline and Mo worked on a smart contract together, before it goes out into the environment, it's tested. And, you know, we have an opportunity to fix things and therefore making the smart contract just a safer smart contract for many folks to engage with in, in the Aptos ecosystem. And so that's a completely new technology that's now live and people have been loving Move. We've heard folks say it's like chewing cotton candy, which we love, uh, love to hear. Aptos's performance, we've been running some internal tests and we've seen some amazing numbers. Step order change in uh, in terms of looking at the previous generation of blockchains. Folks have now seen over thousands of transactions processing on our network per second. And if you look at where we are with that performance and near one second or sub-second latency, depending on, on volume of the network. But what that basically means is if you are Visa or MasterCard, processing around 1,700 transactions per second like Visa does, we're now starting to rival those networks. And that's very interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to change the way we think about money and economic value just being transferred across the globe. I'm a Pakistani immigrant and, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate to be able to send money back home at times. And, you know, if you think about money and how long it takes for it to make its way over and the middle parties that are involved, we can now send money faster than someone like Western Union, someone like Visa, and bring more money back to the people that are actually using that money that need that money. We can do the same thing with things like gaming. And so if you wanted to, you know, have an avatar or a really cool maybe pair of glasses um, uh, within a, a video game skin, you can share those assets within a game. So this transitions to the next question in terms of who are building. We're seeing people build a new generation of applications in Web3 that rival Web2 applications now. So you can now build new financial components that you were never able to build before. And we're starting to see that in some of the DeFi stuff that's come out in the market. Gaming um, and our partnership and relationship with someone like NPixel is an interesting one to also think about. They were sitting on the sidelines studying all the different blockchains for a very long time. They looked at layer ones and layer twos. And when they saw Aptos, they knew instantly that was the only place where you know they can bring 10 million users safely. And that's a lot, right? And we don't even see 10 million users if you combine all the blockchains out there in the world today. So with someone like Metapixel, who uh, we're working with, which is a very large AAA gaming studio uh, based in Korea, they're building their first AAA game in Web3 on top of Aptos. And that's really cool to see. But at the same time, you know, not only are we working with some large companies like Metapixel, we're also uh, working with folks like Google, and I can talk a little bit about that. But we're also working with some of the, the new startups in the space and some of the Web3 companies that have been building for a long time. And that momentum is starting to pick up across gaming, across payments, across finance, and even across social as well. Mm -hmm. And today, you know, although we've only been live for three months, we've already seen three million cumulative addresses on our network, which is just exponential growth relative to uh, many of the other networks out there in the market today. 
Yeah. And then going off of that, what are your plans for growing business development this year? Whether it be through that partnership with Google or new partnerships, projects, or something else to expand Aptos's ecosystem. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. The way we think about 2023, it's really a year of intention for us. I think it's a year of intention for the entire industry. Mm-hmm. We certainly apply that to the way we think about partners. And you know, when you think about partners in the Web3 community, we have an amazing amount of interest uh, projects like LivePeer that have been building on Ethereum for a long time are now starting to pay attention to Aptos and we have a relationship with them where they're going to be building decentralized uh, streaming services on top of Aptos and can do it in a much more efficient way. So that we're going to see a new evolution in the Web3 existing products that have been out in market and that's going to really push Web3 forward. At the same time, you know, someone like Google who was sitting on the sidelines potentially um, is really diving in in a big way and we're excited to have a partnership with them where things like BigQuery that, you know, support the internet today and helps index what's going on in the world and organize that information is now going to be organized and available for developers and users that are building on top of blockchain. That's new. That's stuff that we have not seen um, in Web3 before. And that's going to help support large enterprises coming in in a big way as well. And, you know, we're very fortunate to have, again, relationships with the PayPals of the world where we're excited to see what they're building Um, and they're coming in and and making some pretty interesting uh, product announcements as well. And so when we think about our relationships with those folks, it's really great to see that they feel comfortable bringing their millions of users uh, to our network, something that they could not do on other solutions or other networks out there in the world today. And that's been evidence too, right? Like you've seen Starbucks come out with their announcement, and I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing what they build. But I'm also excited to see what someone like Starbucks could build on top of Aptos, things that they couldn't do on existing protocols out there today. Right. Going back to what we were talking about with the builders on Aptos, what do you think is going to be built this year compared to last year, or even you know the three months since launching? I think it's been roughly both for Aptos and by developers on your platform. What are you observing there and like, which areas do you think will take off for 2023? Yeah, I talked about gaming for right. very quickly. And I think this is a very big year for gaming for Aptos and for Web3. I talked about it in Pixel, so I won't go deep there. But according to you know analysis from Bain a Consulting Group, gamers of the near future are going to expect ability to move seamlessly between gameplay, social and commerce in both physical and virtual worlds. It sounds like a bunch of jargon put together, but if you kind of start to break those things down, they're basically making a claim that, you know, when you're in a Fortnite environment, like, I don't know if I'm playing a game or if I'm hanging out with Jacqueline and socializing and I'm buying (laughs) assets at the same time. All those things are happening together. And by the way, you know, Polo had an announcement for just this, where, you know, if I bought an asset in Fortnite, I could also buy that same asset in the real world. And so it's going to get really funky in 2023. So, you know, when I think about all those things being tied together in that example, I'm really excited about not only continuing to move gaming forward, but I think social is going to change. The way we communicate as a human society is evolving as we know it. I mean, think about where COVID led us. Right now, we've become professionals at having conversations over Zoom, and that's demonstrated an immense amount of uh, neuroplasticity in the, in the human mind. Um, and we're going to see a lot of that now play together across all these different dynamics. And you know, Web3 and blockchains play a really critical role in that. You know, let's talk a little bit about what that looks like for social. Social is going through a very interesting time. I was, I was kind of having a conversation with a colleague yesterday where, you know, if you think about Facebook, it's been around for two decades. So we've gotten used to communicating on these types of platforms like Facebook Blue and Instagram and you know, even TikTok. And that's been interesting. But they don't work perfectly. 
Yeah, the creators, although some of them may be benefiting, it's really only the major influencers that stand to benefit. And that's done by design. Platforms tend to create these walled gardens. However, in order for that world to come together where social and gaming and commerce all work seamlessly across different platforms, we need open social graphs to exist. We need, you know, to challenge the way we thought about social platforms as they have operated in the, in the last two decades. And so I think, you know, in the future, products that will be successful are going to be the ones that evolve and create that open connectivity versus ones that don't do a good job and don't evolve and take a more open approach. When you're thinking about the billions of people not in the crypto space, hmm. what can be done to bring them in? Is there incentive right now to get into mainstream audiences, whether that be through gaming or something else? Or is that a ladder plan, later plan, not ladder, later plan for Aptos? <laughs> it's, it's a plan that's actually right now. In fact, okay. um, gaming is a great point that you just called out, right? Like, ideally, you know, we don't have to go through a Chrome extension to buy an asset and then a complicated way of getting that asset and then moving it over to a game. Ideally, you can do it directly in a game and close to one third of the world's population plays games already. And so that if you can figure out a way to solve that, you probably get billions of people buying digital assets or NFTs without even knowing that they're buying NFTs. I mean, how many people think about they're using TCP IP today when they're sending an iMessage or you know using an app in their mobile phone? Not many. And, I, and that's a good thing. If people are worried about what blockchain they're using, that's not the world that we want to live in. People don't actually think about, you know, uh, what's the last time you've logged on to a, a commerce website, bought a pair of Nikes and said, oh, you know, that was an amazing cloud experience. <laughs> no, never. Um, I mean, you just use products seamlessly and you enjoy that experience. And we want blockchain to be able to do just that. And that's the view that we have to bring billions on um, into Web3 in a way that you know, they don't even realize they're using it. Yeah, and thinking a more crypto-focused world, how is Aptos planning to interact with other blockchains? As the space is operating in a pretty multi-chain world right now, how does the chain plan to do that and ensure that it's you know safe and secure on your side for your users? Hmm. I, I mean, I, I love that you said it's a multi-chain world because a lot of folks, I think, often say it's going to be a multi-chain future. It is a multi-chain present. You're absolutely right. Again, our, our view is we're excited about everyone that has been building in this space for a very long time. And we want them to continue to building despite whatever market headwinds we're facing. And in fact, we, we want to work very closely together with different communities. I, I had an opportunity to connect with the youths community the other day. Um, and I, I love the inspiration that some of those folks have. And our builders have amazing energy on Aptos. And they're building things that I didn't even imagine could exist in Web3. And you, know, you can do that because of what Aptos brings through things like parallel processing and, and move that are unique to our blockchain. But as we think about what the future could potentially look like and those products, they're going to be shaping a very different environment for us to engage together in this year. And so I'm really looking forward to seeing some of those products now start to come to life. Right. And Aptos is based in California in the US, right? That's right. And so rolling off the theme of security is a similarly talked about one of regulation. How are you ensuring that the blockchain is operating within the regulatory frameworks that exist today? And will it be able to make it over that, so to speak, hump when new regulations eventually come in the U.S.? Yeah, it's an interesting point. And I think everyone, including ourselves, are paying attention to what's happening in the market. You've seen regulators across the globe pay attention. And yeah, we actually see that as a positive sign. If there are things that you can clarify, people will know how to act and behave. And, you know, unfortunately, that correction has come 
through a very different set of uh, events. And we're obviously very happy to see some bad actors leave the space. One thing I think that's really important is, you know, public sector often, it moves at a different pace. It moves with a very different set of incentives and very important ones, paying attention to what's valuable and what's valuable for the people that those public entities serve. So it's very important to protect those people, but at the same time, it's incredibly important to not thwart innovation. Innovation is hard to do. Um, You're pushing the boundaries in ways that people may not necessarily understand. We owe it to ourselves as as a space, as a community, as an industry to help educate as much as we can. And I think you have folks like A16Z that are doing a good job of that. You have builders in this space that are doing a good job of that. And, you know, from our side, we welcome that dialogue and are more than happy to do our fair share of of education um, that's required to make sure when regulation does come out or if it comes out, that it's done properly and it does not impact innovation because we are trying to push things forward as a society across the globe. We do hope that uh, all those things are taken into account when we are also considering to protect the people that use this technology. To wrap things up, something I like to ask founders, especially new ones, is where do you see this all going in the long term? And what do you want Aptos to be known for both now and say in the next five to 10 years? Ooh, that's such a five years or 10 years. I, I, um, you know, that's uh, that's a... I'm giving you a broad range. (laughs) I appreciate that. I mean, in, in kind of five to 10 years time, going back to just how we see the world today and at what might seem like such a distant past, for many of us, by the way, is, you know, think about satellites being put up into space to to be able to communicate with uh, loved ones across the globe. Just pick up the phone and have a conversation with them. Mm-hmm. That's something that didn't work seamlessly many years ago. Now it works amazing. Right? I could be in another part of this world having this conversation with you with real time video and I can pick up That's on what we're on, doing uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and, and uh, pick up on amazing cues and have such a dynamic discussion and in real time. You know, fax machines may have seemed like an amazing breakthrough innovation at some point as well. And so in in 10 years from now, you know, it's hard to understand and imagine what communication may look like, what engagement may look like, how sharing value across the world may look like. But what I would love to see as a builder in the space for such a long time is us being a very important part, no different than the satellites are, no different than the telephone lines are um, in making an iPhone work or a Zoom call work and sending you know, economic value across uh, the world, whether that's through things like NFTs or global currencies. And so that would be just a very um, aspirational and inspirational thing for us to strive for as an industry. And we're very proud at Aptos to be able to do that. Well, we'll see what happens then, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, great. Again, that was Mo Sheikh, co-founder and CEO of Aptos. Mo, thanks so much for coming on Chain Reaction. And thanks to everyone for listening in. Thank you so much. We'll be back every other week with interviews with top players in the crypto ecosystem. Catch us on Thursdays for interviews with experts in the Web3 space. You can keep up with us on Spotify, Apple Music, or your favorite pod platform and subscribe to our companion newsletter, also called Chain Reaction. Links to the newsletter and the stories we talked about can be found in our show notes and be sure to follow us at chain underscore reaction on Twitter. Chain Reaction is hosted by myself and produced by Yashad Kulkarni and Maggie Stamets with editing by Kel. Bryce Durbin is our illustrator, Alyssa Stringer leads audience development, and Henry Pickovit manages TechCrunch's audio products. Thanks for listening. See you next time.